0: Hey, it's good to see you today. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, and we're continuing our journey through Scripture. Uh, last time, we uh, Jesus has now made his way into uh, the city. Uh, Passion Week has begun, um, and there's lots of things that go on. There's unbelievable teaching by Jesus. Also, you see the tension between the religious leaders and Jesus continue to uh, to ramp up, and, uh, and we're going to see some of those questions today that um, Jesus is being trapped with, and or they're trying to trap Jesus with them, um, questioning. Uh, so sorry. So today we'll be in Matthew 21, uh, starting in verse 23, and then getting into 22, um, Mark chapter 11, the end of chapter 11, um, and uh, part of chapter 12, and we'll be going through a lot of Luke chapter 20. All right. So that's Matthew. Uh, 21 and 22, Mark 11 and 12, Luke 20. All right, so th- the first thing is that we see in, in all three of the synoptic gospels um, is them questioning Jesus's authority. Now, I thought this is really brilliant. Uh, so in Matthew 21, uh, 23 through 32, uh, they come and the chief priests and the elders, um, they confront Jesus saying, by what authority are you doing these things and who gave you this authority?" So they're kind of conceding that Jesus is doing some pretty amazing stuff. You, you would think that may get them to to start thinking, hey, maybe there is something more to this guy, all this. No, they're just concerned about what authority, uh, because they're concerned about their own authority. And they know that Jesus isn't doing it by their authority or by their created uh, religious structure's authority. Um, and so therefore, um, you, can, you can start to see the tension um, rise so then Jesus asked them I will let me ask you one thing and it, and then I will tell you by whose authority I do these things the baptism of John so he's talking about John the Baptist where was it from from heaven or from me All right so basically he's questioning do they believe was John a prophet sent by God or not So what was was what John was doing was that godly? Um, or not, and so they they start you know talking amongst themselves, and you can you can just picture this happening, right? They kind of they may even call a sidebar, say, "Okay, Jesus, give, give us a few minutes. Let's come back after lunch, right?" And so they go and they uh, they start to discuss, and they say um, they actually don't answer the question because um, they probably didn't believe that what John was doing was godly. So they say, "Well, if we say it was from heaven," then he will say to us, why did you not believe him? But if we say it was from men, so that John was doing this on his own, we fear that the group, the multitude of people who liked John, that they will turn on us. So so they're trying to play this political game. So they just answered, eh, we don't know. And so Jesus says, well, then I'm not going to tell you by whose authority. Because again, he knows once That is completely out with no question at all that that he is claiming to be the Messiah, the Christ. Um, He knows what that means for him. And and so this is buying him a few more days. Um, And then he goes in in Matthew, the parable of the two sons. And uh, I, I just want to read this as a verse 28. But what do you think? A man had two sons and came to the first, said, go to work in my vineyard today he answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and he went. Then the owner came to the second son and said, likewise. And he said, I will go. But then he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? He said to him, the first. So the first actually said, no, I'm not going to, but then ended up doing it. The other said, sure, I'll get that done, but then didn't. And Jesus said to him, uh, assuredly i say to you the tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of god before you for john came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him but tax collectors and harlots believed him and when you saw it you did not uh, re- reward uh, you did not afterward relent and believe him so it's pretty harsh right jesus is basically saying okay you're like that son uh, who says sure god i'll go do what you uh, want me to do but then you don't do it so basically, you are, in today's terms, you're Christian on the outside, or you're a Christian in appearance when it suits you, but you don't really live that life. You don't really um, hold on to the teachings of Jesus. Um, we're seeing that quite a bit uh, right now. It's um, um, that there are those who will claim to be Christian, but yet not hold to what Christians have believed since they were the teachings were taught um, Jesus basically says get away from me right um, either either you're in or you're out um, Jesus is getting more and more pointed uh, with the religious leaders uh, Mark 11 27 through 33 also has this challenging Jesus authority uh, Luke 21 through 8. Uh, also has them challenging his authority. Um, then, then we have the parable of the vine dressers. Um, so Jesus in Matthew 21, 33, and it goes, spills into 22. Um, you have the vine dresser, so you have the um, basically kind of the, the father, the owner, who would be uh, illustrative of God, uh, has a vineyard, um, and he uh, asks people to take care of it. They neglect it. They don't take care of it. So he sends people to go um, to check on it, and it, they just keep getting killed. Uh, and so it just keeps escalating. So then the vine dresser uh, or the uh, the owner finally sends his own son, and the people there see see him and say, we will just kill his son and we will take the vineyard. We will take the um, inheritance. And then Jesus refers, what he's referring to is Isaiah 4, 5 verses 1 through 7 um, talk about this in reference to the Messiah. And so Jesus says to them in verse 42 of Matthew 21, it says, Have you never ne- never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? And this was the Lord's doing, and it was marvelous in our eyes. Uh, therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. Um, and <laughs> I love verse 45, now when the chief priests and Pharisees heard this parable, uh, they perceived he was speaking of them, you know, they they aren't complete idiots, Uh, but when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitudes, because they took him for a prophet. Um, So again, they are getting very upset. Uh, Chapter 22, the first part, uh, verses 1 through 14 in Matthew, is the parable of the wedding feast, where um, the the um, wedding is prepared. The people that it were invited decided that they didn't want to come in, so it's opened up to anyone. Um, but yet, that it also is a re- reminder because at the end of the passage um, in verse eleven. But when the king came in to see this guest, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, "How did you come here without a wedding garment?" And he was speechless. And he said, "Kick him out." So. He opened it up to everyone, which the parable is basically, it's not just the Jewish people. This is for all who want to come to the wedding, right? But you have to want to come to the wedding. You have to want to receive uh, that gift. Um, The guy who's just randomly there, who didn't even prepare, who didn't, uh, didn't want to be at the wedding, he just followed the crowd. He got kicked out. You have to want to be there. But it's open to everyone. Um, Mark twelve also has the uh, parable of the vine dressers. Again, this is a clearly a messianic claim that Jesus is. You, know, whenever he's referring back to Isaiah, um, that and he is basically saying he is the cornerstone that they are rejecting. Um, Luke twenty nine through nineteen um, has the um, parable of the vine dresser as well. Um, then we have uh, some uh, questions by uh, the Pharise- Pharisees and Herodians. The Herodians were very loyal, of, of course, to Herod uh, and to Rome. And so they try to trick Jesus. It's important whenever we're reading these to try to understand the teaching of Jesus. These are actually the, the people, the, the religious leaders are trying to trap Jesus, and, and they're trying to trick him um, into getting him to say something that will, um, will get him arrested. And so they talk about taxes. Um, it says uh, the Herodians, verse 16 of Matthew 22. And they sent him uh, to their, their disciples with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth. Well, no, they're just flattering because they don't believe that he is uh, actually true. Um, Nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of men. All right. So he's basically saying, you know, you stand up for what you believe. Um, you're not swayed uh, by, by others. You believe what is true. Um, however, they, of course, don't agree with Jesus's truth. Um, says verse 17 of Matthew 22, Tell us, therefore, Uh, What do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And so Jesus says, give me a Daenerys, and it has a picture of Caesar. And he says, render unto Caesar things that are Caesar's, to God things that are God. Uh, When they heard these words, they marveled, and they left him and went their own way. Right? See, so they they really didn't care about the answer. They were just hoping that he would say uh, blatantly, openly, that he is God and not Caesar. Uh, which would get the Romans uh, all upset, uh, but Jesus very deftly says, "No, you pay your taxes to to Rome." But you know, on that coin, you know, on one side would have been Caesar, uh, but on the other side, um, many times there was a temple. There was an inscription about kind of divine uh, nature. So Jesus is actually saying, "Okay, part of this, yeah, pay your taxes to Caesar, but." God, render those things to God who is God, and that is me, right? He, he is acknowledging there is, there is a, a difference. Uh, Mark 12, uh, 13 through 17 has the same uh, encounter. Uh, Luke 20, um, um, 20 through 26, uh, again, the same uh, render into Caesar what is Caesar's. Uh, then we get to Matthew 22, 23 through 33. This has the Sadducees. So another group, remember, there's lots of different groups. So the Pharisees, the Herodians, the Scribes, the, uh, the Sadducees. Uh, the Sadducees are questioning about the resurrection because they don't recognize the rec- resurrection. They, they do not believe that there is life after death. They, um, they, they, that was one of their main differences with the Pharisees. Um, one of the ways that I learned in Sunday school, how you can remember that, that the uh, Sadducees didn't believe in life after death. That is why they were sad, you see, right? Okay, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good dad joke to help you remember what the Sadducees uh, believed. All right, so so they come and they say, if there is no resurrection, and they give this long list of this person who was married uh, multiple times because their spouse just kept dying and she just kept marrying down, you know, kind of one of those um, hypothetical Questions that probably would never happen. Um, but Jesus answered, um, It says, You are mistaken. Again, they're trying to get him to deny that there's going to be a resurrection because look how confusing it would be. You know, who would this uh, woman be married to? She'd been married to seven different men. And Jesus answered, You are mistaken, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God, for in the resurrection, They neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels of God in heaven. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, you do not read what was spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. God is not God of the dead, but of the living. Um, So this is interesting. And again, the main point of this is not the marriage aspect. Um, We don't fully know what the resurrection, uh, life will look like, you know, life, life with God, uh, for eternity. Um, we, we don't fully comprehend that it's going to be something different. Um, but I, what the, to me, the most important is they saying that they don't know the scriptures nor the power of God. Don't you think God's going to be able to work this out? Yes. God understands this. We do not because that is a, a different place and a different time right? It is in the future. We we do, we are not going to be able to fully comprehend that, but God can, and God will have that worked out. Um, the thing that is, the, the biggest that he refutes, though, is uh, verse 32, when he says, I am God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That word is in the present tense. He says, I am the God. So what he is saying is that, those people are still living, just not on this earth. They are still living. God is still their God. Um, and so he is refuting the uh, the idea that there is no resurrection. Um, Mark 12, 18 through 27 has the same encounter. Luke 20, 27 through 40 uh, also has uh, that uh, account- encounter. And then continuing on into Matthew 22, uh, uh, 34, through 46 you have a scribe again so see we have all these different groups that are trying to trick jesus trying to get uh get him to to say something wrong Uh, but you have the scribe who has actually shows a little openness that it's not just here to manipulate so and the scribe uh, comes and uh, asks the question uh, saying teacher which is the greatest commandment in the law and verse 37 of Matthew 22, Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and your mind. Now, this is like the Shema in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Uh, this is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall not love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Um, and uh, and then he also refers to uh, David. Um, it said in verse 41, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, what do you think about the Christ whose son is he? He said, how does, uh, the son of, then he said to them, the son of David, uh, he said to them, they answered the son of David said, how then does David in the spirit call him Lord saying the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies, your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is uh, he his son? And no one was able to answer him. Um, a word, nor from that day did anyone dare question him anymore. Right? <laughs> you know, again, Jesus is showing them that he knows more than they do. Um, they are not going to be able to trick him into making uh, a mistake. Um, so then we see that in Mark chapter 12 uh, as well, uh, and then talking about the son of, of David, because again, they viewed the Messiah as going to be like a legitimate heir of David, like a, a son of David who would rise to become a king like David. That is not who it was. The the, the son of David, when used to refer to the Messiah, um, what Jesus is saying, no, remember David? He said it was his Lord. That means it's, it's God. The son of David is actually going to be God present uh and that he is going to be the messiah he is going to be the king of kings the lord of lords um and it's going to be different than you expect all right so for uh thursday we're going to do matthew 23 um luke uh the rest of luke 20 and 21 uh matthew 23 and 24 we'll do both matthew 23 and 24 Mark 12 and 13, and Luke 21, all right? And I think that will probably, we may end up doing, go ahead and read Matthew 25, so 23, 24, and 25. Mark, the rest of 11, 12 and 13, um, and then Luke 21. All right, we will see you on Thursday.